Welcome to Power Up, a podcast show hosted by Maurizio Di Paolo Emilio that brings life to some of the stories on power electronics technologies and products featured on powerelectronicsnews.com and through other Aspencore media publications. In this show, you'll hear both engineers and executives discuss news, challenges and opportunities for power electronics in markets such as automotive, industrial and consumer. Here is your host, Editor-in-Chief of PowerElectronicsNews.com and EEWeb.com, Maurizio Di Paolo Emilio. Hello everyone and welcome to this new episode of Power Up. Today we will talk about energy harvesting, energy harvesting and its impact on IoT and sustainability. In an era characterized by a significant surge in global energy consumption, which are anticipated to rise by 47% during the next three decades. The imperative for sustainable and alternative energy sources has become increasingly important. The conventional dependence on disposable batteries has been demonstrated to be expensive, ineffective, resulting in the disposal of over 3 billion batteries annually. Energy harvesting is a viable option that involves the capture of energy from renewable sources, including solar, RF, mechanical and thermal sources. In addition to waste reduction, the use of IoT devices presents a lot of opportunities, including smart buildings and industrial sensors, which can function for extended durations without battery changes. In this podcast with Tristan Kuhl, Industrial IoT Product Marketing Manager at Silicon Labs, we will analyze advantages and design issues with energy harvesting for low power. Let's talk with Tristan. Hi Tristan, thanks a lot for being here. Welcome aboard at Power Up. How are you? Hi Maurizio. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm very well. Hope you're well as well. Good. So today the topic is uh, energy harvesting and uh, so related technology, its impact on uh, IoT and sustainability and so on. So before that, uh, tell us, uh, tell our community more about you. Give us a little bit of your background. Absolutely. Hey, I'm, I'm really happy to be here. My name is Tristan Cool. I'm an industrial IoT product marketing manager at Silicon Labs. Silicon Labs is an IoT pure play uh, semiconductor vendor, uh, meaning we specialize in everything IoT, multiple protocols uh, for home applications, for industrial applications. My role at Silicon Labs is I'm the leader of our energy harvesting mandate. So for the past two and a half years, almost three years, I've been helping uh, our customers migrate from battery solution to battery list solutions and making sure our catalog of parts is energy harvest friendly. Good. So energy harvesting. So this is a game changer for, for IoT. Uh, could you explain how it, uh, it works, how it uh, would eliminate the need for traditional batteries in IoT devices in particular, the main sources that we can use for energy harvesting, thermal, RF, solar, and so on? Absolutely. Great question. So, yeah, I would first and foremost agree with you. Energy harvesting is a game changer because ultimately nobody likes batteries, right? The truth is that every battery needs replacing and there are indirect costs of replacing this. Sometimes batteries are dangerous to replace. It's just difficult to replace them. It's wasteful. There's a whole host of environmental impact of these batteries ending up in landfills. So the solution for energy harvesting um, for IoT 
is to go batteryless. I think that batteries are truly limiting the outreach of, of IoT, the scalability. Um, so to your question about um, how it all works and the types of sources, um, I have a, a simple kind of way I, I describe this is the universe provides energy you know, at your fingertips. So there are multiple ways to harvest that energy and either store it in a bank for a short use, right? Just the burst or discharge of energy, or you can use it to your advantage to perhaps recharge batteries or, um, you know, build up uh, an array of charging or, or storing or sometimes both a hybrid. So when we look at the sources, I kind of divide them into two categories, kind of a, a trickle charge uh, energy. So if you look at solar power or vibration or perhaps thermal where the source is almost always present and you can just gradually capture and harvest that energy uh, to use your application or to charge a battery. Um, those are what I call the, the trickle charging. We also have like transient charging where you have a short but intense burst of energy. So you may have a kinetic button push or a moment arm from a doorknob, for instance, where you have a large inrush of, of current and um, the, the, the electronics involved in both of those scenarios are quite different. So it depends on your application, who needs to be on most of the time, who can afford to be off for a lot of the time. And it's really exciting to see dual sources. We're seeing a hybrid of both, both those options. So lots to get into there. It's a good starter question, though, for sure. Good. Thank you. So we have come a long way in energy harvesting technology. So this is a, a long story uh, in terms of uh, technology, how it is uh, uh, evolved. So can you share some insights into the evolution of energy harvesting, how it uh, has uh, transitioned from uh, specific applications to broader use in terms of uh, applications, of course? Yeah, absolutely. So the truth about energy harvesting is that You know, everyone's been talking about it for a long time, but now companies are, are finally, finally doing it. I'm seeing more and more interest every day in my role, um, and that's just a good driver for the industry in itself. We're seeing uh, technologies such as, as PV cells, photovoltaic cells, increase their power density, uh, becoming um, smaller and, 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 for instance, in, uh, developments in printable PVs. So that was not a thing so long ago. It's very much a new push. We're seeing, uh, again, a reduction in cost for things like supercapacitors. And then we're also seeing more intelligent power management circuits with built-in logic. So there's a monumental shift in this industry. Um, it's quite clear people don't want to be reliant on batteries. Um, and we're seeing kind of more intelligent designs. I like to call these energy-based decisions. So a lot more companies and, and, and vendors are incorporating APIs uh, in their platform for, do I have enough energy to take my sensor data? Do I have enough energy to transmit? Should I reduce my payload? Should I go to sleep? These are some like very novel concepts. And I think the driver there is just the green agenda. A lot of companies are being obligated to, to reduce their carbon footprint. And I'm hoping more and more governments um, impose mandates for to going battery-less. So yeah, we're at a very interesting time in this technology. So indeed, in terms of battery is, uh, is also an important component in energy harvesting uh, systems. So uh, thin 
thin films batteries is a uh, is a key component so could uh, could you shed some light on their advantages how they are making uh, the the energy systems more accessible and sustainable in this uh, in this case maybe the goal is to remove the battery one day maybe this is i don't know if uh, we can remove for low power ultra low power of course systems the the battery Yeah, absolutely. Those thin films are are very exciting. I'm hoping to see them scale more and more and more. Uh, the advantage there is is the form factor. You can they they apply themselves quite nicely to more and more designs. So whether it's an asset tag or a smart building sensor in the ceiling or a keyboard or a headphone, that's really their advantage. They also have the advantage of of course being environmentally more friendly. Um, their degradation is certainly much better. So they're improving the lifetime of your product. And electronically speaking, um, those are quite interesting because they can, you can adjust the density of it. You can adjust the form factor of it, the size of it. Uh, and this is kind of acts as a battery, as a recharge, or in some senses acts as a capacitor. So you can use this for startup. You can use this for backup. You can use this as a main source, a backup source. I truly think they're they're quite game changing, and I think they they do have an impact on your bomb costs. There's definitely, um, you know, ultimately, a battery or a harvester is your voltage in. It's your supply voltage. So from a purely electronic standpoint, you put it into any other category. But I think this is a very interesting technology. Uh, you can also pair them with, for example, printed PV cells um, or Yeah, things things like that, where your your form factor is is vital and the bomb costs. Um, so it expands the availability into products we've never seen, never conceived going batteryless. These thin film uh, make that all the more possible. So yeah, very interesting piece of technology. So the concept of energy harvesting is is a is a huge because as you mentioned, PV cells. Talking in terms of high voltage, this is a sort of so this is. A sort. This is energy harvesting in terms of from solar to uh, to current to electric electric current. Let's understand some application, some examples of uh, real world scenarios where um, this technology is making a difference from smart factories, smart homes, for example. So, may you give us a little bit of examples? I can give you examples. Yeah, I love talking about these examples. So the way Silicon Labs operates, we have two factions of our business. We have the industrial side of the business and the home and life side of our business. Um, and the, the really exciting part is we're seeing energy harvesting emerging on both sides of the, of the industry. So I'll give you some tangible um, examples here. I'll begin uh, on the smart home, perhaps. We're seeing um, a very popular design, um, electric um, motor generator doorknobs. So I was saying before that 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 moment, that kinetic impulse uh, is enough to power a Bluetooth chip in a door, connect to your phone, unlock your door. And the scalability of that is massive, whether it's in a smart building or the smart home. These idea of, of smart doorknobs that are battery-less that can last well beyond 10 years of a battery are quite exciting. On the same front, we have those um, movable switches. You see them in the home, you see them in the factory, you see them in, in smart building. The idea of a batteryless switch, you can move around, you push that button, it charges on the press and the depress, we'll charge a cap and then we'll send a transmission to the gateway. Those are gaining popularity. 
I think that's just the future of, of construction. You're going to see both doorknobs and switches, batteryless everywhere. Um, on the industrial side, uh, oh, no, sorry, one more, one more, actually. One more really exciting one is the uh, smart, smart television remote. You've seen that. I'm sure you've seen uh, in recent publications, the solar-powered uh, television remote. And it's beyond that. It's going to uh, headphones, going to keyboards, going to mice. So the idea, again, is that users just hate hate having those batteries. I mean, in my part, you know, my house, I have a bag full of batteries I need to recycle. So the whole notion is, is to get rid of those. On the industrial side, we're seeing so many more applications. We're seeing uh, asset tracking, condition monitoring, and they use indoor or outdoor sunlight. We also see machinery um, tracking. So it's sensors on a machine, but they use the, the steam and the heat from a machine, or they use the vibration from a machine, or sometimes both, to, to speak to gateways. And we're talking 500 plus sensors in a, in a factory. Um, we're also seeing machinery like robotics that are, are connected with RF power so they can speak and, and give their status and communicate to the central gateway. Um, in the power front, in the submetering, in the breaker business, we're seeing electric induction harvesting. So a sensor that is very hard to get to that is in an industrial setting or up a tower is harvesting energy from a power bus and communicating to the central breaker. And energy harvesting is playing a great part in the idea of automation. So a good example is like farm equipment. If you have an autonomous vehicle uh, for agriculture, for instance, using vibration or using solar, you can have hundreds of sensors that do not need replacing, that do not need battery replacement, do not need wiring. You can imagine these batteries die and wires break. So the idea of using vibration or heat or solar power to to, to power these sensors uh, is really pushing the idea of like agriculture or greenhouse automation, which is the whole point of IoT is to, to become autonomous. So for sure, low power consumption is is important, is crucial in uh, in energy harvesting devices for for them. So can can you share? Uh, highlight in terms of how does selecting the right components in terms of uh, microcontroller, in terms of sensor, uh, in uh, in achieving this, uh, achieving this uh, uh, low power consumption is important to select the best components, I guess, in in the in the wall in the overall system for energy harvesting. So may you share some design features topics. Yeah. And I'm glad you, you said that best is like for the whole system, right? So that's something that Silicon Labs does, does very brilliantly is we're aware of the whole system. We have expertise in the application, whether it's an electronic shelf label or a button or a light bulb or a doorknob. We know the payload of data. We know the energy consumption. So we start there down to the milliseconds of applications or down to the microjoules required to run that application, we select the best solution for our, our customer. So the obvious specs when you're selecting a microcontroller is the low runtime current. And so the Labs does very well. We have different energy modes, but in all those modes, we try and be the lowest in the industry. We also have a low sleep current and a low transmit and receive current, right? If you're using your power amplifier, you have to make sure that you have a finite amount of energy, you have to make sure you're using it very well. And I draw attention to the sleep current. So you have to be aware of 
is your device asleep for most of its life? If you look at a remote or an asset tag, it's asleep for 99, 98% of its use. So make sure that time is, is well spent and you can quickly wake back up, do what you have to do very efficiently, and then go back to energy conservation. So that's from the radio and the MCU. The other side is understanding your impedance matching. If it's a high voltage, low current, or vice versa, high current, low voltage, your impedance matching is very important. And selecting the correct PMIC, I say PMIC power management IC, to make sure you have the right efficiency. You're not cascading efficiencies because you lose things as you go. If you're using built-in PMICs or an external PMIC, uh, that's extremely important. And I'm thinking the, the next trend there is is related to that energy-based decision-making is using things like a Coulomb counter to, to track your entire system's availability of, of, of energy to make decisions is, do I have enough energy to transmit? Should I stay asleep? Um, you know, and using things like an RTC or a GPIO wake up to make sure you're only waking up when you have to, you're only engaging your ADC when it's time, you're only engaging your HFXO or your different crystals when you have to transmit so it, it's complex, but Silicon Labs is is your partner of choice when it comes to making those decisions. It's not as simple as putting a solar panel on your on your device. You really have to look at every block. Um, it's exciting though, and it's, it's very much possible if you do it correctly. So in in in, in energy harvesting systems, so single electron is so important. Just doing uh, in practice. Absolutely, absolutely. So we are in conclusion, Tristan. So. Uh, the last question, looking to the future, what can uh, we expect in terms of advancements, next te- uh, next improvements in energy harvesting, and also its potential to, to transform various industries, also to reduce, as you mentioned, carbon footprint? Absolutely. Um, so I, I like the way you asked that question. Um, looking into the future. So if you looked at 50 years ago, the world was wired. And now everything is wireless. And I think the same thing is happening here. We look now, most devices are battery powered. Well, enough enough devices are battery powered. We look in the future. I have a strong feeling a lot of them will be battery-less. It'll be a new age there. I think more and more products will have a battery-less version, which will have incentives. And as as more mandates and corporations and governments progress, uh, there'll be reliant on having these battery-less devices. We also see uh, industries, in, you know, I alluded to before, like agriculture can scale if they get rid of the batteries. I also think a very important one is asset tracking. There are more and more assets out there on the planet being tracked. Each one of those has to have a battery. It, it, there's a clear scaling issue there. So I think the asset tracking business definitely is, needs to abandon batteries. And, um, uh, I was going to say like Silicon Labs is, is, is on a mission that we don't have to compromise IOT because an easy way to save power is to just transmit less or transmit less frequently. But our mandate is to make sure the quality of the IOT, the quality of the connectivity does not have to suffer because of lack of a battery. So that's the, the mission Silicon Labs is taking for the next few years. And you're going to see us everywhere. You're going to see lots of articles and lots of new products, um, pushing these these new industrial and consumer um, industries. 
Thank you. So looking forward to seeing a lot of articles and the next project with the energy harvesting. Thanks a lot for joining us, Tristan. Thank you for your time at PowerUp. It's my pleasure, Maurizio. Thank you. That brings us to the end of this episode. Stay tuned with more news and technical aspects about power electronics. If you are listening to this on the podcast page at eetimes.com or powerelectronicsnews.com, links to articles on topics we have discussed are shown on this page. Power Up is brought to you by Aspencore Media. The host is Maurizio Di Paolo Emilio and the producer is James Ede.